Aloha, I'm Marcia Sortino. Welcome to Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. To all our regular listeners, thank you for coming back. To all our new listeners, congratulations. You just discovered one of the most powerful talk radio shows there is. As we get ready for this class, I suggest you find something to take notes with. Every show is packed with all sorts of inspiring, insightful ideas, ahas, and breakthroughs. While you find some paper and a pen, I wonder, how many people do you know are paid to learn, then paid to teach what they learn? I'll put that another way. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. By the time I complete my class as a student, the money I'm paid to teach Pay Me What I'm Worth will cover what I paid Seoul University, and then some. At the end of our class, I'll tell you how to become a paid student and teacher for this life-changing journey. It's time to meet my class. We decided to be collectively known as Team Seekers. Here they are. This is Cindy Ashline from Slingerland, New York. Thank you for joining us on our radio show. I hope that you will be inspired by what you hear today. Kyle Davis, Lewiston, Maine. This is Doug Doherty. I'm from Sooner Country, Norman, Oklahoma. Howdy, y'all. This is terrific Tanya Heathcote from the beautiful state of Tennessee, wishing you better brain health. Hi, Manita Kinlan here, wishing you a great day from Wind River, Wyoming. Hey, everybody. Green Mays, and I am from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. This is Shirley May, Cincinnati, Ohio. This is David H. Paul from St. Cloud, Minnesota. Hello, Chris Peters, and I'm from Brandon, Manitoba, Canada. Rick and I live in Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha. This is Cheryl from Hawaii. Hello, everybody. This is Agnes Talley in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're the home of the dogwood tree with its beautiful white flowers in the spring of the year. And finally, Aloha, Soul here, author of Pay Me What I'm Worth and Marsha's co-pilot on this journey. I hope we've given you enough time to grab a pad of paper and a pen to take notes. Our class starts now. This is our last week of month two, going into month three. What's that sound I hear? It's time whirling by, right? <laughs> Very quickly. Tonight, we're going to wrap up Chapter 1. We're going to wrap up our journey through our treasure hunt. Marsha? Our first breakout question, what range of emotions did you experience while you completed Exercise 6, which is your worst passport? What ahas bubbled up as you boiled Chapter 1's experience down to a one-pager? So basically, how did you feel as you put together your first Worth Passport page? I was really amazed to see some of our class really work on that page and put it in the water cooler. You guys did a great job with your Worth Passport. When I first started out this, I didn't really know where it was heading. But as it is right now, it is affecting my body as I feel more motivated. I feel more alive than I've ever felt in my whole life. And my mind and spirit are both in tune with that. I've been feeling a lot of emotions as I open up the little boxes, as I have one big box of whatever problems that I have throughout my whole life and I need to sort out between relationships, between people and business and what have you. Basically, it's been an uphill battle as I've been through a hard struggle. But as time goes on, I've learned to overcome by the people that I listen to on the calls and I'm so appreciative of the way they express themselves because it gives me reasons to think about my inner self that I never ever let out. It's like opening up a box, almost like Pandora's box. I've never allowed myself to find my inner self. And so therefore, I've never experienced a very high self-esteem and 
I've never had a great deal of confidence in myself until I've got around people that are expressing that they have the same similar issues. And what I've discovered it is a strength that I didn't know was available to me. I'm experiencing an inner strength that I never realized was there. I always let things go on the outside and try to please all kinds of people. And then I realized that in the end of the day, I didn't please myself the way I wanted to. Instead, I pleased everybody else. Therefore, it leaves my self-esteem kind of floating, my confidence. I'm picking that up by being around the people that are on this call, on this team seekers. We are a team. We work together as a team. And that's the way I can sum this all up in one thing. And my most material object, I would have to say, is my computer. As if I didn't have my computer and my Internet service, I wouldn't have all the many great friends that I have met with great insights. That's where I have to go with it. Well, you really tapped into your feelings, Carl. I really have to congratulate you on that one. Your feelings were there. The I statements were there. So I want everyone to be mindful of that. We really want it to be about ourselves, how we're feeling, what's happening on this journey, what is bubbling up inside or not bubbling up inside, what emotions are we experiencing. I would like to pass it off to Kareem. I had a wide range of emotions as well. They were all mostly happy, though. I was going through my computer, my musical instruments, and a lot of different items, and I really found that the most valuable items to me were the items that I could share with other people. And I wrote about this in my Worth Passport. I wrote that my guitars were monumental for me because I can play music with people. I can go take them and play in parks like I used to when I was in college or in dorm rooms. I used to play with people in college just for fun, just to create excitement among people. I also play in a band now, so I can go all over. Right now, it's Pennsylvania and inspire people with those gifts. And that makes me feel really good when I look at these material items and I can see the joy I can give people. Also, I have to agree with Carl as well. My computer is my next most valuable asset because I can take this course, I can write my blog, I can do my Entrepreneur Power Hour show, and I can really tap into all the great resources of the Internet so I can constantly educate myself and educate others. My computers and my musical instruments have really changed how I transform lives around me. And it's because of that that I feel good emotions when I look at my material items. Excellent. Kareem, your sense of worth, how are you feeling? What has changed about the fact that you are starting to feel worthy or you feel worthy? What about this journey is it that makes you feel this way? I feel happy. I didn't actually feel that I had problems with my worth beforehand, but I feel happier now that I'm on a journey with other people. So it's not something I felt necessarily lack before or in pain or that I was worthless, but now I feel that there's a group of people who are all seeking their worth and that helps me to seek mine. And looking at the material items, I know I'm worthy because I can help others to embark on this journey as well. Awesome. Agnes? Yes, ma'am. How are you feeling? I don't feel so good, Marsha. I don't feel like I'm getting as much as the others are getting out of this. I really don't know what to say. I guess I just can't get in touch with my feelings. Remember how that you were so hardwired? Yeah. Do you think that might be yeah, the situation? Yeah, so long, I guess. That could be one thing. I just feel like I have a tape recorder inside of me, and those things are going round and around and around, and it's going to be hard to get rid of them. 
what can we do, Agnes, to help you to well, erase um, that recording? I'm not sure because I feel like that I'm not as technical with computers and things like that that the rest of you are, and it's just hard for me to even put things into my own words and express things. So I'm not sure how you could help, but I'm going to continue to study the lessons and see what I can get, and I may have to do it two or three times before I get it. Basically, what you're getting into is your skill level. Just being overwhelmed with all the stuff that everybody's doing that I don't even know how to do. I understand. You're going to be amazed at how many skills you actually do have that you have really not recognized. Eventually, you will, because I know you know how to boil an egg, and I know you know how to do a lot of things that probably I have never done or never even heard of. Yeah. So I want you to remember that. That's part of your work. Our skills are one thing. Our material world is another thing. And how we view all that is going to somehow give us that worth or make us feel that we don't have the worth. But eventually you're going to recognize that your worth isn't based on any of that. Eventually you will recognize that. So... Yes, learning and continuing to learn skills is great. When you have a situation like yours, you have difficulty with doing things, there's workarounds that we do. That's all that it's going to require. You do not have to get into your chaos committee and be upset about those kind of things. And I know right now you're having a difficult time because you're going through all your medical things and all that kind of stuff. I want you to relax about that, Agnes. Really relax, all right? Because even though these are skills that you wish you could also do, really, I'm telling you, it's not as necessary as you think. We want our skills, yes, we want our skills, but you have skills, and you just don't realize that the skills you do have are just as important. As Sol pointed out, you have the knowledge of playing the piano. I don't have the knowledge of playing a piano. You can tell somebody what keys to press. I can't do that. That's a skill. I can't do that. Well, I just feel like that. that is something that I had it at one time, put it that way. Okay, and you're feeling the worst decay because you can no longer use your fingers to play that piano. That does not lessen the fact that you have the knowledge and you have that skill. I can't wrap my mind around what good it does to have the knowledge if you can't use it. She can teach what she knows. She is an awesome leader. This many times that she's given me link, copy-paste, whatever, she doesn't realize, but she is an awesome lady. And... She can teach what she knows about the piano. Just because she can't do it, that doesn't mean she can't teach how to do it. So she's got a lot of work. Yes, Agnes, you do. So just hang in there, and I promise you that you're going to see a difference soon. I'll take you at your word. (laughs) 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 Sounds good. Agnes, this is Cheryl. I just wanted to tell you that I've never learned to play the piano, and I think that it's really great that you made that accomplishment. I'm not that musically inclined. Gosh, that you made the accomplishment to know the keys, know the music, and be able to make it come out from your head, out of your fingers, and make music. That's a wonderful skill. And you should be really proud of yourself for sticking to it and learning those things. I think I was glad that I learned all that, but it's just, I guess it's a disappointment, a letdown, when you can no longer do it. So, Agnes, this is Sol. Can I reframe the way we're looking at this? Can I give you a different way to look at things? 
Share a story within recent history, like within the past year, of a memory of a meal that you really liked. I really don't know because I've lost my appetite. <laughs> I eat because I know I have to. I don't eat because I enjoy it. <laughs> Go back 40 years if you have to, but can you recall a meal that you really liked? You know, I just don't know. I don't, I really can't put my finger on or think of anything that I could say I really liked. Was there a holiday or a birthday or an anniversary or a party? Most of those things I'd rather not remember because they were not too good. So, (laughs) I don't know. I guess I just need to get in a corner somewhere and start trying to think about the past and whatever to get my feelings to come up or something. Well, the way I wanted to approach this is, and this applies to us all, I can remember times where I had some spectacular meals. But the fact that I can no longer have that type of meal does not diminish my memory of savoring that meal. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I guess it's just hard to relate. It's just hard for me to understand where you can think back at what you did enjoy and still not get depressed, in other words. Right. Still enjoy it. Well, I've never given birth, but from my understanding from the women that I know who have given birth, the one thing that they're thankful for is that they don't remember the pain of childbirth. (laughs) I can remember. I don't believe that. I remember that. Oh, I beg your pardon? All right, I stand corrected. (laughs) I can't say. Well, we digressed a little bit there, but again, it's just a way of perspective. How to think differently. So what I'm getting, I'm getting from the class, and I'm hoping that this will give me a different way of thinking, if nothing else. Well, that different way of thinking is squarely in your hands as you're in the driver's seat on this. I don't think Marcia and I are going to come in here and say, all right, Agnes, here's the deal. This is the way you're going to think. I know I'm not going to do that. Marcia, are you planning to tell Agnes how to think? No, (laughs) (laughs) ma'am. Well, maybe if I hear it so much, eventually (laughs) some of it will... Now, Rick might tell you how to think. I can see Rick Say, here, Agnes, this is what you're going to do. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. (laughs) This is how it happened with me now as I was doing my work passport. I feel my faith is growing, that this is part of my continual spiritual journey. As I was working on my work passport, I developed more of an awareness as to how I've been developing my self-worth. I've found out that I need to be working on things to be helping myself at this point so that I'm in a better position to be able to be helping others. This way I'll be happier and enjoy life more once I am actually feeling better. My most important material thing is also my computer and internet because it's how I am able to stay connected with friends business partners and my company. If I didn't have it, I wouldn't be able to do very much. I'd be lost without it. My skills, being good at helping people and animals. Thank you, Cindy. But Cindy, what primary emotion did you feel as you were doing your worth passport? Emotions. Happy, sad, glad, mad, excited, depressed. What's an emotion that you're feeling? Happy. Okay. The reason why I'm asking about the emotions, ladies and gentlemen, is once again, emotions are what rewire us at a deeper level. Yeah? Yeah. Emotions. Does that make any sense? Yeah. I actually found in my own personal experience, anytime I wanted something or I thought I had to have X, Y, or Z, it's because it would make me feel better. I thought put with a feeling, that's obviously an emotion. So everything comes down to a sensory perception of feeling, which, when you create a thought around that, creates an emotion. Emotions drive us. 
to whatever outcome. It's our emotions that do that. They drive us. And then we have these creepy little things known as meta-emotions. It is the ego through causing thoughts that it's like a fake emotion to be aware of. Ego is tricky like that. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I'd really like to ask people, why do you think we started our journey in the material world? Focus. So it would make us realize what we actually have for merchandise or products or whatever, what do we have for worldly goods. I think that's why we started off first, to give us that idea what worth we have in just our material items that we have, such as a guitar or a computer. Or we're realizing how important those material things are to us and the feelings that we get by not having them. Like myself, I would be so upset, I wouldn't even know how to live without my computer and my people. I just would not even want to get up and move and do anything. So my driving force is the people that I have. Thank ah, you. thank you. I agree with Carl in that they decided to bring up the part first about our material world, more to make us aware of how we do feel about it and how much it does play a part in how we feel from day to day. My take on this was that because most of us, uh, in fact, all of us are generally brought up in this Western culture where materialism is kind of how we operate, that the safest place to start, emotionally the safest place, is with our stuff. Pretty much everybody in the Western culture has some stuff. They might have lost some stuff too, but that's the safest place to start. It's a whole lot safer than relationships for Pete's sake. <laughs> so that's my take on it. My take on why this journey started in the material world is that when we look at our material items, we can see an extension of our value, what we consider valuable and what we consider valuable throughout the years because our values do change. My values definitely changed when looking at my material items and seeing what I had accumulated over the years. So I had a timeline in my head of what I consider valuable back then and what I consider valuable now. It also gave me a realization that even if I were to lose some of these things I consider valuable, my own worth does not go away. I don't experience worth decay because I can always acquire these things again. I can always acquire another guitar. I can always acquire another computer but I can't acquire more time and I can't acquire people in my life. Thank you, Kareem. Let's get on to the second question. With a refreshed awareness of how your material world tempers you, tempers your sense of worth, what changes seemed in order to maintain a solid, healthy sense of worth? I don't think fundamentally I need to make any changes when looking at this question, I realize, and I've realized before because I've lost material things and I've gained material items, that the only realization I need to make and I need to keep is that even though I enjoy my material items, they are not disposable to my value. Meaning if I lose the guitar or happen to lose the computer, I'd be upset, but that does not change my value as a person. And I need to keep that belief so when I do lose material items, because I will at some point, that my value has not changed. So the realization that I think I need to make and that I need to keep is that material items, as much as I enjoy them, do not affect my overall value. I awakened my self-awareness, but my self-esteem is still not where I would like it to be. It's 
awakened some things in me that I didn't realize that I needed to awaken, like awakening a sleeping giant. I never realized that all my things materialistic or not materialistic. If I lost my computer, as I say, that's my most important thing to communicate with the people. No, actually, I can always have the friends and I can always communicate with the people somehow, some way, as long as they're friends and they want to stay in contact as much as I do. My worth, I have to change my self-esteem. I don't think as well of myself as I would like to. I'm not as certain of myself of what I'm capable of doing. So I've had to take a new inventory of where my mind is gone. My mind is gone into things that have nothing of value to me. The possessions I have show what my tastes are, what I like. So whatever I possess are things that I decided that I like. Okay, so you've become aware that now that you're more aware of how your material world affects you and what you like and what you don't like, you just have a more updated awareness of that, true? Yes. Okay. I found that going through the first chapter that for me... I never valued material things very much in my life. I realized that all these emotions are attached to them. I've never accumulated a lot of things like a lot of people in the Western world do. I came to realize that I still don't value material things very much. I've been through a lot. I value my health because I got struck by lightning one time and had to learn to walk again, and I was incontinent. I could get no help from the medical community. They just wanted to drug me. What I learned also is that you have to stand up for yourself and just be yourself. I believe it's ho'oponopono is the Hawaiian word for that, just to be yourself. And that is the true healing of this whole program is to realize yourself. And I'm starting to do that. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Rick. As we wind up month two of our 12-month adventure, how are you feeling about the journey so far? I'm feeling pleasantly surprised, very enthusiastic about moving forward, having taken a look at material things and gotten back a lot of what I've been working on myself as far as focusing on gratitude. I'm just feeling good. I discovered that my material world is lining up with that perfectly, which was very, very encouraging. It gives me a boosted sense of enthusiasm. I can't wait to see what the next leg of this journey looks like in Chapter 2. It's going to be very exciting. There could be a challenge or two, which is great, because that means I get to grow some more. Awesome. Wow. I believe that my journey so far is going pretty good. I can feel the difference in me already just going through Chapter 1. I feel a new, higher sense of worth. I can speak up for myself better and stand up for myself better. It's just making me feel a lot better about myself. Just starting from ground one and working up, so I'm really looking forward to getting more into the book. If chapter one has made me feel this good, getting on the right path, then chapter two is going to be great, I can tell. (laughs) Wonderful. How about Carl? I knew he was going to pass it back to me. (laughs) Ha ha, payback. This journey has left me in a state of Relief that it's not all my fault and that the material things that I have, they're important, yeah, but I've made a realization that they're so important, but my friends that I've made with these material items and the things that I've done with these material items for other people has made me feel great. So that's how I'm at right now, and this whole journey is broadening my horizons into a state of relief as well as receiving something that I never ever realized was there. And I thank you for allowing me to release and relieve 
in my life because I was becoming all bundled up. Thank you. Thanks, Carl. I feel that for the most part, this journey has been good, all in all, and it's going to help me grow and develop into the person that I'm meant to be. I feel like the journey is good and that I want to work on some more things about my self-confidence and my worth. I know it's going to take time, and as far as the journey, I feel like it's a good journey. We're all here for you, Agnes. Remember that. And remember what I said, how I can simplify things for you. That's all we need. Okay? I just wanted to say I really enjoyed these past couple of months because I've made some changes. One, I'm cognizant now of saying I instead of we. Cognizant of material items that I enjoy and what I value. I realize those material items are not going to cause worth decay if I lose them because I can acquire them again and still keep working because of the skills I've learned. I also realized that going on this journey is making me more aware of what I value as a person and what values and limiting beliefs I can change to help me get paid what I'm worth. So I'm excited to see what the rest of the journey brings. I'm anticipating I'm going to make some real breakthroughs. Thank you, Kareem. How about some aha moments? Anybody have any aha moments they'd like to share? When creating my worth passport, I realized that all three elements of a human being, mind, body, and spirit, or soul, that I have aligned them with being worth. I've aligned my body in a way that I feel that I'm worthy, I've aligned my mind that I feel I'm worthy, and I think my soul, I've always known I'm worthy because I'm part of a collective consciousness or whatever it is that you guys believe in, and that's how I justify being value in all three things, and it makes me feel good. Thank you, and I want to get soul's perspective here. The aha that I'm having tonight is I'm loving the diversity. The span of wisdom, ages, backgrounds, perspectives is just creating such a thrilling source of discovery for us all. In the years that I've been doing these programs, I noticed the aha that's also bubbling up is I have created groups that are a little more homogenous, meaning There's maybe, if you think of a Venn diagram, two circles overlapping, that Venn diagram, when I put groups together, that Venn diagram is where probably a good 75% of that Venn diagram is overlap so that there's quick cohesion and quick dive into depth. So my aha tonight is I can't wait to see what unfolds as we go along with all this diversity. I want to thank everybody again. (laughs) I'm excited also as well my ahas for everything that's been happening i really want to thank you folks for all the activity that i see you doing i think it's amazing my moment is not realizing that there's so many people that are in the same shoes never realized that i'm disabled and there's a lot of things that i used to do that i no longer can do and then i look at a young lady and I see someone that is very talented with her fingers. She doesn't realize that it's teachable and other people need that. And I got an aha that all the things that I've accumulated are helpful to others. And I never knew that in all my years. I never realized I had work until this class and these people, and I relate to them that they've a similar issue. A little different, but a similarity. And I thank you. Awesome, Carl. Thank you so much for your comment. And now, what we have happening for us is we will be getting into Chapter 2 next week. Chapter 2 is a still inventory list. And you are all going to be amazed at just how many skills 
you really have. I was amazed. I didn't realize that just moving my little pinky finger is a skill. Or just being able to look to the left and look to the right. That's a skill. Do you realize how many skills it takes for our bodies to just do anything? Imagine that. That's incredible. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, I was just going to say, Carl, you're reading our minds. I've got to be more careful what I'm thinking. Uh, <laughs> your discussion about Agnes's skills, Agnes, you have skills that will always be with you that there are a select group of people in this world have. Cindy, same thing. Kareem, same thing. Every one of us has a unique set of skills. And as we dive into Chapter 2, Month 3 will be a third of our way into our journey already. To this day, I kick myself because I did not keep the article. It was in the New York Times. Some Ivy League researcher did a four- or five-year study on skills inventory. And her journal article blew my mind. According to this Ivy League professor, folks who have completed a high school diploma, if you did a proper skills inventory and you've completed a high school diploma or similar training like your GED or along that lines, if you did a proper skills inventory, your list should have over 500,000 unique skills. If you've completed an undergraduate degree, according to her research and the models that she used to do the skill inventory, if you've done an undergraduate degree of any kind, you will have over 1.2 million separate identifiable skills. And if you've completed a higher level degree of any kind, you should be in the 3 million separate identifiable skills. I don't know about you, but that blew my mind. Thoughts on that? This is Rick. I think that's a bunch of crap because, okay. well, really, and Cheryl will verify this for me, too, because I worked for RNs all my life. They ran the surgical suites, okay? They had a high-level degree, and they came into the surgical suite with no surgical skills, and they learned on the job. No surgical skills. They had no surgical training. They follow one patient all the way through surgery. Now, Cheryl, what has been your experience with RNs? You worked with them, too. She worked in the lab for 12 years. And I'm not picking on RNs specifically, but I'm saying high-level education. What has been your experience with working with these people that claim to have a high-level education? They practically burned down the West Wing because they put oil in the popcorn popper. So I would disagree with her that education gives you a high level of skill. It doesn't. It doesn't give you a high level of worth either. From what I've seen, that's just my opinion. So, okay. And my judgment, cool. obviously. <laughs> well, hey, so we'll see where that goes after our next month. Yakarim. I want to put my two cents into this. I'm yeah. Gonna, okay. I'm going to actually agree with Rick because I have had multiple experiences where I learned very valuable skills, and I'll name some of them real quick, like WordPress, how to relate to relationships and dating, how to do my taxes even, how to, and these are very important skills for my business, how to even do work around my house. I didn't learn any comparable skills except for the skills I use to make my nine to five job, which I'm trying to leave. I didn't learn any skills from high school or college that I feel are very effective, honestly, in the real world. And I'm not going to say that I didn't learn anything at all, such as math and reading, but high-level skills, I feel, have to be acquired for a love for something and for interest in it. 
and the way school teaches it on the basis method of telling you you have to do this and you have to take this step and I have to take the next step. I feel that I was put through almost a systematic way of learning when I'm much more of a spontaneous learning person and I'm much more of thinking on my feet. And that's why I would have to disagree with this woman unless I can see verifiable statistics that this is correct. Well, that's what you're going to get in Chapter 2, Mr. Rick and Mr. Kareem. <laughs> I know that when I was training surgeons, and they were board-certified cardiac surgeons, and I was training them in surgery, that I accidentally stabbed one through the palm, and he was unable to do surgery for two weeks. And I got called in the head surgeon's office, and the head surgeon told me, did you stabbed this doctor through the hand and what could I say I couldn't stand him and I was pissed off at him and he was a detriment to society basically and the head surgeon told me that in the two weeks that he won't be able to do surgery you will save more lives than he will in his whole career so (laughs) all the people that I was training I don't know how they got there that's what I'm saying is skills now if turning your head to the right and to the left if you consider that a skill yeah we all have millions of skills but when we're going to higher education to look for skills, I agree with Kareem. Like, listen to the skills he learned after he got out of high school. Real stuff. <laughs> the study that Saul is referring to, the researcher did not distinguish between useful, productive, helpful, or unhelpful, simply a skill. Not a useful skill or a helpful skill or something that can better you or or not better you, simply a skill. Okay, but to look at No, there's no but. There's no but. I get it. We're going to get into the reason whys about this as we get into our skills inventory. You have to stick with this because in essence here that we must be mindful. Marsha, when you did Chapter 2, what shocked you about it? When I did Chapter 2, what really shocked me about it is that I had neglected all the little skills. The little skills I didn't even include. I only looked at the high-end skills, thinking those are the only skills. But that's not true. All those little skills in between. What about people skills? Can you really do a complete study on that? People skills are just as important. Some people might look at that as having a talent, being talented, but honestly, I don't even know how to look at a people's skill. How do you define that? (laughs) There were just so many amazing things that I discovered in the skills inventory list. So as we wrap up, folks, for Chapter 2, I'm just going to posit this notion, this word. We're going to focus on discounting discounting. It is so easy for me to discount my skills when I think that skill is as easy as breathing. It's very easy for me to have worth decay because I do not value that which I can do that someone else is unable to do. We'll frame it in those areas. So thank you, everybody. This has been a yummy night. Rick, that's totally metal what you're talking about with the doctor. (laughs) I was just waiting to say that. That's crazy. I I wanted to laugh, but I didn't. Well, I I don't want to say these things. Do you understand? I don't want to be the one to tell people that. I spent 25 years working and training these guys. I don't want to be the one to tell people that a lot of it is a sham. I feel funny saying that and there's emotion attached to it right i went into surgery one time in the middle of the night and the doctor didn't come in and me and my friend had to save the lady's life in seattle at a major hospital and when monday morning came they wanted to fire us holy crap wow. the doctor never showed up yeah. and the anesthesiologist told us well if somebody doesn't cut this lady open she's going to die yeah sounds like office yeah. politics holy crap what kind of hospital is that that's the biggest, most expensive hospital in Seattle. <laughs> and the thing I hate is when I was 19, 20, that there was basically an ultimatum. 
parents and people said, well, if you didn't do well in high school because you goofed off, well, you either get a job, technical school, the military, and I said, no, no, no. They're like, well, it's college, and you have to do college. And I got kind of scared. I'm like, okay, I have to get a degree, I guess, or I'll end up working at Long John Silver's or Mickey D's. If I could go back and tell myself that there is another way, it's not just like these two options and nothing else. Because to me, what degrees and all this education did was really just try and force me into another box so I could do another set of skills so I could just pay more taxes, pay more taxes, and eventually croak and become like some of these older co-workers or these bosses who hate their lives because all they did was work. To me, fundamentally, there has to be more to life than just acquiring degrees and acquiring credentials. What are you really passionate about and what do you really want to do? Well, you do understand that Degrees and skills are two different things we're talking about, right? <laughs> yes, but the problem in America, and I think this is chiefly in North America, is even if you have the skills, if you don't have that degree, there are some people who will take a look, and maybe you can sympathize with this, Rick. They'll go like, oh, he has a degree, but he doesn't have skills, or you have skills and you don't have a degree. Let's take the guy with the degree. And... I'm starting to get really tired of this whole everything needs to be verified by a piece of paper. I agree with you. This is Rick. And it's an issue here in Hawaii, a really big issue, and I'm trying to explain to the locals. A local man walks up to me and he says he's 25% Hawaiian. And I'm like, that's really cool. Did you get the piece of paper from the American government that says you're Hawaiian? He said, yes. I go, that's not really cool. I don't need a piece of paper to tell me who I am and what I'm about. I thought at one time I might need the piece of paper, and I have some pieces of paper that are worth more than gold that have gotten me through a bunch of different doors in life that most people haven't been able to get through. So I understand the value of getting a basic education, being able to read and write and understand, let's call it the beast system. Okay. Okay. I can agree with basic skills and right reading, math, and basic relational people skills, but they never taught me like skills that I'm using on a daily basis, like playing an instrument or speaking in public. And they never taught me skills which I consider very important, like how to relate to the opposite sex. They don't teach that. Yeah, they taught like some stupid, okay, we'll go through puberty. I figured that out. But they never taught me not like I want them to teach a dating course, but different ways to relate to people in that manner. In a respectful way, of course. Ah. I, a lot of people are living an alternative lifestyle. I figured this out, okay? If you live in a little house on a little street and you have a little job and you're getting a Social Security check, you live an alternative lifestyle. I figured out that I'm living the lifestyle that my grandfather lived almost 100 years ago. We live very simply, and we are using this class, Pay Me What I'm Worth, to further that conscious awareness of living simply and learning to love more, basically. That's our thing. Well, as time has gone on in my life, I was raised, believe it or not, and bending over with a hoe in my hand and turning the mud over to get clams out or worms out or what have you in that notion. I've had different jobs, and I'm not one bit ashamed to tell every one of them. Some of them really didn't take a whole lot of knowledge. When you're digging clams, you need to know how to read the flats, know where the little squirt holes are. Some people don't know those things because they've never been around or experienced those things. So there's a lot of skills that I have and have had that I no longer can act on. It's not so much in that I got a diploma sitting on the wall because it's not about the diploma. Here I am disabled now, and there's a lot of things I cannot do that I could do before. But the way I figure it, I'm moving on, and I'm moving up, and I'm learning more. And that's all that matters to me, because it's not about what my physical body can do. It's about what my mental capacity can let me do and will open to go further. That's where I go with that situation. I pick up on everybody's skills. 
and they're very awesome to be able to play the guitar. I've had a couple dabs at trying to strum it. Didn't make a lot of good music, but uh, I tried. As time goes on, I don't look at those kind of high-end jobs because I've never actually had one of them. I've had training and such, but I've never had one of them. And so the way I see it, a skill can be as easy as moving your finger back and forth. I've seen education change a big time from when I was younger. And now it's just big business. And I mean, they will take it to the umpt degree where just to be a customer service rep, they want you to have an associate's degree. So it has completely changed, and so has my perspective. It's unlike my grandparents, definitely. What I want to put more value in is getting to know myself, getting to know my worth, putting my skills into place by learning on my own what I want to learn. That's where I'm at. I'm like the heck with the rest of it. I don't need that piece of paper. I got it. And it still doesn't mean anything to me. But anyway, exactly. guys. Thank, thank you, guys. Love you. Awesome. Love you, guys. Love you guys, too. Bye. Love you, guys. Team Seekers rocks. Aloha. Aloha, Kaho. <laughs> we love you, man. Time to close this class. What did you get out of this show? We truly want to know. Simply post in the comment box at the bottom of this page. After hearing so many people experience so many ahas, I wonder, are you ready to take this class yourself? We start new classes each time we have 12 or more people ready to go. You're listening to Marcia Sortino, Team Seekers, Team Captain. Get in touch to learn how to become one of Pay Me What I'm Worth's paid instructors today. And remember, before you go, Think about who else would enjoy our classes. Post this show on your social networking sites to help more people enjoy some weekly wit and wisdom. Aloha.